Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. I can't imagine anything worse than going out to, for an evening class when it's witching hour, the baby's hungry, absolutely cluster feeding, teething, not settling for bedtime. So I suppose that's how competitions evolved and became so popular is because they were really the only opportunity that people had to get on stage and share their creation and their art. So less force, more flow, that's what I say. <laughs> less force, more flow, I love that. That, that is yeah. absolutely the quote of the night. Absolutely love that. Anyway, oh my god, it. gloves on a pole. So what fun. the hell? <laughs> Your body has just been through one of the biggest transformations in the entire existence of the universe. You've just created another life, like you've grown a human being from scratch. Incredible that they can access that. That's a superpower, really, to be able to be that vulnerable and open with yourself. And yes, it takes a lot of courage to share that. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to episode two of Public Showering, this time with the legend Lorna Walker. How are you, my darling? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Yours? I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah. So last time we were talking about all well, kind of everything, including creating emotional work, talking about pregnancies, and also just the, the incredible history of pole that is just part of all of our lives right now. But this episode, we're going to talk more about competition, because that's what you're all here for. So, of course... One of the biggest competitions of the year is Pole Art UK. So, Lorna, do you want to kind of start with telling us how, uh, what was the birth of Pole Art UK and sort of when and how did you essentially become the the maker of it? Um, well, it's, it started, I think it was in Stacey's kitchen or living room <laughs> and we were a little bit drunk maybe. And we were like, I, it was after a pole event and we were saying like there was no, we, there was no kind of competition that catered to that. And that we, you know, there should be a pole art UK, yada, yada, yada. And she just like went on and said like the website is available and bought the website. And then that was it. We were, we were in running a competition. Um, it, it felt pretty bad timing, unfortunately for us, like as a pair, because I ended up getting pregnant and being really poorly and mid COVID and I had pregnancy again. Mm. Um, but she, we ran it for a few years as part of what we called Pole Weekender, which was where there was um, kind of a sexy style comp and then an artistic comp over two days. Mm. Um, and then she announced, well, she, she was retiring um, oh, well, we all remember that, for that a she sec. was retiring. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, so she was retiring and she said that, you know, I'm going to give you you polar and Jade's going to run. I think it was exactly Jen and yada, yada, yada. And at the time I was pregnant. So I was kind of a bit like, OK, that's great. But I'm going to just throw up into a bucket and, and have a baby. Um, and then, yeah, threw up into a bucket, had a baby and then kind of came out of the mist and was like, oh, OK, um, I've got Pole Art UK to run so it didn't run last year so it's kind of skipped a year it ran in 2021 and obviously it's running 2023 but it didn't run in 2022 just purely because I was mm. knee deep in nappies and in that first year you know again that first year of postpartum there's there's other things going on in life than pole so 
Um, so yeah, so now I am running it. I'm. It's um, yeah, it's exciting. A exciting competition. Um, exciting. I feel very honoured to have kind of been handed the reins over, I suppose, solely. And um, yeah, can't wait. Very excited. It's um, it's in July in Chesterfield. In um, Ches Vegas, yes. I know. So yeah, bring it mainly because. Well, mainly because I've got two young boys. Like I can't really be away for like a. Well, I can be to be fair. Um, but I kind of need Liam with me to help out, I suppose, at the event. And we don't really have childcare for more than a few hours. So it was just for the ease of it of just let's do it here. And luckily the the, the venue, um, they turned us down. Oh, really? Badly. They turn, yeah, they turned us down for the pole weekender. So was um, this the, well, they didn't the turn us down, but they gave us a yeah they gave they gave i think they gave us like a really ridiculous price it wasn't that they turned us down but they gave right. us a really kind of obscure price when it was pole weekender as in pole art and dance filthy mm. um we had a lot of problems with venues because of you know again the people's sort of opinions on yeah. women's bodies and how they can express them freely <sighs> um but um but yeah they'd actually sent me post covid they'd sent me an, an email um to like the studio it's saying if I wanted to do any dance shows there yada 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 mm. so um I was like oh okay well that would be a good that that might be a good venue and yeah it's worked out that it, it actually is a stunning venue I don't you've obviously know the winding well it's absolutely yeah. beautiful kind yeah. of grade two listed building mm. old school kind of theatre so yeah it should be really exciting it is really exciting to me because, like, I mean, so, sorry to bring it back to the the hometown, but like the yes, Chesterfield yes. is just like there's two incredible theatres in Chesterfield. There's the Pomegranate Theatre, which is like a full on proscenium theatre. It's got lovely velvet red thingy, red, red chairs, and then like yeah. you know, the around it is all gold. It's, there's leaves, and you know, it was the first stage I've ever performed on. When I when I was four years old, I was doing my tapa 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 tapa, and <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff. So I've got such fun memories of of that building, and I've never performed at the Winey World actually, but there's has been you know most of the time they have a lot of comedians come through and things and the thing is with Chesterfield they have these two fantastic venues and actually there's not a huge amount of I guess like um more sort of like contemporary work or sort of like it tends to be sort of like always very happy I don't know like pantomime kind of things and it's I'm always thinking like oh like let's just get more because Chesterfield is like it's funny to me that it's it's not a very conservative town at all, realistically. It just isn't. Like, I mean, for a long time, it was literally like a, a Labour town. And, you know, the people in it, everyone, I don't know, everyone seems pretty chilled and laid back. And it surprises me that actually, not that we have poll comps every, every weekend, but I mean, which, <laughs> be, which would be great. But I mean, it, it's I'm just so happy that that it's going to be in Chesterfield again because I, I would like to think that it will help show the council of Chesterfield, like, like, what happens at a pole comp? Like, you know, all these people from around yeah, the country. Yeah, they're so excited about it. Are they really? That's yeah. really great. Yeah, they're so they're so excited for it because they were saying that they only have tribute acts and comedians. That's kind of all they have. Right, exactly. So they're, they're kind of absolutely stoked to be hosting it themselves. So That's um, really good news. I'm so super yeah, happy So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be a good, a good venue and can be sustained, I suppose. And that's where... Um, I can host it. The hardest thing is always finding a venue. And that was unfortunately mm. like for us and Stacey, we just had so many problems. We wanted to bring it up North because, you know, mm. the North was kind of lacking, I suppose, in like big competitions at the time. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying now, but sort of at the time that we were doing it. So we wanted to bring it to Sheffield, but we had huge problems with the first venue. Again, just extortionate pricing. The second venue 
took all our money and ran off because the roof went in and we had to find a last minute venue. <sighs> you know, it just, you know, venues is just the hardest thing to find. Um, and, you know, obviously the Creeset in Peterborough is an incredible venue. And again, like mm. once you've got a good venue, it, it makes everything so much smoother and so much easier. So, yeah, I'm really hoping. And yeah, I, I feel that Chesterfield is an amazing town, but it definitely kind of lacks arts not mm. necessarily there's a lot of dance there's a lot there's so much arts but it just seems to be underground not it does like to the public i suppose yeah so it really is it'd actually. be nice for it to come above the surface because there is there's so many musicians there's so many gigs there's so many you know even down to like going to the fish pond in matlock and it's you know you've got comedians on and there is so much happening mm. um but it all seems to be yeah an underground thing rather than like on the surface for all to see and i think like all probably most areas in the uk at the moment it's been hit so so hard yeah, by definitely. covid recession that you know ta town centers are just on their knees at the minute shops are closing everything's boarded up it's pretty much just vape shops and <laughs> yeah. greg's like that are succeeding yeah, yeah hairdressers so it, it's again it's a bit of a shift isn't it i suppose for for councils so they're probably having to be a bit more open and a bit more accepting of different things coming in well um, it's i mean it's such it's such a wide the usual is closing sure. down you know yeah. yeah absolutely i mean Sorry, like off topic there <laughs> no not not at all i mean god I, I i could talk for hours about this like you know it it's it always it winds me up and it annoys me the amount of times that like Art always comes through because, you know, everyone has a passion for something creative, whether it is a pole competition or there's a particular band or contemporary dance or something like this. Like, art always finds its way. And we're so good at doing this for basically no money or doing it out. And, like, it it just it sort of annoys me when there are like two incredible theatres in this place and actually mm. um, I I mean for, for years and years and this is kind of one of the reasons why I basically just had to not live in Chesterfield because I found it so difficult to find um, funders or you know in, in the actual council of Chesterfield there isn't somebody that is like the um, a, a producer there isn't like a particular producer someone that will go and help you I uh, know like apply to Art Council England for funding funding and stuff it's still something you have to do on your own and if you're just like a one human like me if you are a one man band yeah. trying to get money from Arts Council is incredibly difficult but like you said there's there's an abundance of, of artists and there's so many dancers that I know um, who have all you know flown the nest and they're all on cruise ships or in the West End or they're making their own work but they're all not in, in Chesterfield and, it, and it's because that sadly no. the infrastructure doesn't exist for that and I just find that so frustrating because look at us we're here and we're ready and we want to make stuff for you guys <laughs> yeah and I, I suppose it's yeah I think it's it's a it's hopefully going to be a very positive move to bring it to a town like Chesterfield yeah I, I think it would be yeah I mean it's not a fancy town you know I hope you, it's, <laughs> it's an ex-mining town just disclose that right now Oh, um, do you know what though? Now I don't live there anymore. Like when I when I was younger, I I had this thing as like, I no matter what I'm going to London. That was just I just had it in my head. I didn't know what was going to be in London and whatever. And I was there and then left and now I'm back in London again. But you know, I I really do have a lot of fun memories of Chesterfield. Like it's it's a good town. It's cute and it's in the middle of the Peak District. It's really easy to get to. So everyone that is coming, it's fire. Like that's, I mean, that's cool, yeah. we are literally famous for bad joinery, and I live for that. I think that's great. Yeah. Like, but yeah. you know, just so that everyone knows, it's actually super easy to get to. You can actually. You walk to the theatre yeah. from the train station. Accommodation's yeah. pretty cheap. Like you're gonna have a really Straight good off time. Twenty nine on the M one. Yeah, this is it. It's it's 
it's a good location. You know, it's pretty much in the middle of the UK. Very, very easy to get to from the motorway. Really nice local airports that you could use. Yeah. You know, it's like you say, it has got that kind of infrastructure. I think it's just, yeah, it's investment, I suppose, that's needed. Same as same as most towns. Um, but yeah, it should be absolutely amazing. The, the, and I'm, I'm not trying to like downsell Chesterfield at all. It's, it is a beautiful <laughs> town. It's in the middle of the Peak District. Like it, it is. is stunning. You know, it's a great place. We're surrounded by three kind of major cities. Mm. It's, it's an awesome place to be. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that there isn't more. I suppose that's, again, it's supply and demand, isn't it? I suppose if there's not the demand for it, then they don't look at the supply for it. No. But there's not the supply for it, so there's not the demand for it. And it's a catch-22, which just keeps spiraling and spiraling. So what we're saying to all of you um, public showering listeners, right, you need to send this podcast to everybody and then tell everyone <laughs> that you have to go to Polar and we have to descend on the town. Don't be raucous, don't be naughty, but... Bring in all well, the fun. They can be naughty and raucous, but just yeah, can, you know, don't break things. They can be things. what they want. You know, just don't, just don't break things. Don't break my town. <laughs> <laughs> they can paint it. They can paint it red. No, it's um, it should be absolutely amazing. Like it should be incredible. There's some great bars. There's some great restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, very very easy accessible. Um, great parking, good hotels. It's it's got it all. So it should be absolutely amazing. And not to mention some of the absolutely most incredibly finest talent. Oh. Both nationally and internationally competing and performing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, it's quite overwhelming. It feels, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Well, um, so yeah. Before we get to this year's comp, just so I have a little bit of context, I just, I just realized I didn't even realize this. So the first Pole Theatre, sorry, Pole Art UK was invented by you and Stacey, or was there already, already Pole Art in other no, countries? No, as no, no. Well? Yeah, yeah. So it originated, I think, with Allegra um, in France. And we basically, when we when we took it, we asked Allegra if we could pretty much franchise it. So pretty right. much use her kind of model of the competition hmm. um, to to bring to the UK, which she very kindly agreed to. So, um, so yeah, no, no, by no means was the first one. And you know, there's pole arts all over the world. There's um, there's even a national uh, or international pole art world championships, but. I think they're quite associated with, well, not associated with, but I, I think it's more kind of looking at moving towards Olympics, I suppose, mm. um, which isn't a bad thing at all. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not 100% as to, um, you obviously have to follow their criteria completely to yeah. then qualify for that and, and whatnot. So, um, so yeah. So um, is, um, yeah, originally it was Allegra. Is is the UK version then slightly different to any version? Because obviously, you know, like France and Germany and Italy. Like, I think that I think the poll, in my opinion, but this, I could be just be my opinion. The the French one and the Italian one seem to be pretty major. Like, is the yeah. is the UK one in any way the judging is any way different, or is it pretty much the same? Or do no, you I, it is. It is pretty much the pretty much the same. You know, we've kept it pretty much standard across. Um, I've, the major change, I suppose, um, is me bringing in a freestyle category this year, mm. um, yeah. which obviously other, other places aren't necessarily doing. Um, we we maybe don't have as many categories as places like Italy. I mean, their competitions run over like three days. Oh, my God. Um, really? I think Spain is the same. Yeah, I mean, it's what insane the? because they have so many categories. That, that And that's wow. the thing. It's um, It might not be three days. It might be two days. But still, it's, um, it's still, yeah, you know, it's it, there's so many categories to get through um, because you do have kids, masters, yada, 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 yada. Mm. So, um, so, yeah, I suppose 
Polite UK is definitely very similar, pretty much. But yeah, it's just a one afternoon event rather than a full blown. Um, <sighs> Man. Thing. I'm just thinking about this. So, like, as 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 we know, because we're in I don't South have time for that. Sorry, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm really be- sorry. I do not have time to run things like that. <laughs> no, and I'm just thinking. Short, so, short and sweet. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, so this this is the first year that I've I'm judging um, Polite. It's the first year that I'm judging anything actually. So that's very exciting. You so, are thank current elite title holder because you won Polart and we've always done that so whoever's won we've always invited back then the mm. following year to judge so you're our current sort of Polar elite champion so that, congratulations that's really funny <laughs> I, I, somehow I actually kind of forgot about that in some way like, I, no, like it's still actually are. Like, <laughs> like, but it's a major deal and actually when I think back to it like um, yeah Pole Art was the first comp that I did after lockdown had happened and you know the world had ended and all that mm. kind of stuff and um, I I, I was genuinely for like I don't know without sounding like big headed or whatever but like that was the first time that I did a comp and I was like I don't feel fit enough I'm not ready for this I just want to go and have a good time and you know my category was I had, had like four other absolutely amazing people that had done all these things before and I was against Lisa Hammond for the first time which like scared us both mm-hmm. that was very funny um, and you know it was it was honestly a genuine like oh my what, really that wait my name got called what like it was 100% that for the first time and it was such a a, a really joyous win and I'm just like I'm it, yeah it's one of my favorite routines but isn't that funny well. that when you care the least <laughs> when you do your best work like when you care the least about what others think and mm. that's when you maybe produce like some of the best work I definitely learned from it though because there was um I knew at the time that I didn't have I was actually on a project in Wales at the time where um I was working in a in a in a theater and bless them they let me bring my pole to the theater and I actually had it <laughs> in the studio so after we'd done hours we'd be doing like eight hour days and it'd be so tiring like building a pantomime was what we were doing at the time and I had my pole up and I would literally just do I only had one pole that I had to switch from static to spin so I couldn't figure out where which where I would be in terms of the choreography so that was the first time that I completely put improvisation into the routine and I learned a lot from it because it it, it definitely taught me to back off and don't be so tight about mm. because I know and I think we all know that like imp- improvisation is one of my favorite things in the world but up until that comp that was the first time that I'd um oh yeah not choreographed everything for a tea and it really made me realize to make space for anyway mm. little mistakes that may or may not happen like you know it's you, you don't get to see the stage until the day you don't know how it feels you don't know how the polls are going to be and it it it's it's the best tip that I ever give now to basically any pole dancer of like make space for a bit of improv and I guess the pole art's a great tie a great place for that to happen because it's an artistic competition anyway. Yeah, I mean, I hundred I've with all of my routines really, I've had freestyle elements in it. I'll mm. I will know the choreography and it will be pretty much the same each time, but there's definitely freestyle that happens. Um, it will change and it will evolve and I allow it to keep evolving and to, yeah, there'll be bits like, Oh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be doing here. I'll just be moving. (laughs) Like, but I think that's like, you're in the moment on stage. So for Mm. me, my best work comes when I freestyle, when I choreograph, I start to overthink and I start to just destroy it basically (laughs) and overcomplicate it. And when I just, freestyle that's when I do my best and most of my guest performances sort of back in the day were always freestyles because that was how I performed well Mm. um 
so yeah i would i would say that leaving room for Im- improv you know as you call it, it that is perfect i think for me but equally that might not work some people need that structure of True. five six seven eight this comes so that's fine but i think knowing that that's an option and that it's okay to not have every single beat choreographed yeah. it's okay to have space <laughs> in your routine um like i mean as a great example i had it at pole art uh, pole theater germany mm-hmm. where i was just kind of like I was kind of acting. It was pole theatre drama, the category. So a lot of it was acting. And I was just a bit like, oh, I'm just going to stand here and like pretend I'm shouting at you and all the rest of it. And actually on the night, I actually like shouted like, look at me. Oh, really? It was so hot. Like even watching it back, I can't watch it. It was just so, so in the moment, so haunting. But that's because I hadn't really choreographed that bit yet. So that's what came out. And that was obviously the most raw and expressive thing. Mm. Um Ooh, you just gave me tingles yeah. even talking about that one. Yeah, like, honestly. I think, I, think, I think definitely leave room and make space. Allow it to be free. Allow it to flow. Allow it to change. Allow it to evolve. Mm. Try, yeah, that would be my, but that's for me personally. And, mm. you know, it's great that you've discovered that, that that's a good thing. If you'd have never given yourself permission to do that, you wouldn't have discovered that. So I think it's also giving yourself permission to try different techniques. Mm-hmm. You may also find that you've been trying to choreograph routines, doing it via sort of freestyle and leaving space in the routine, but actually it's not really working and you need mm-hmm complete structure and knowing where you're going for every single count that's also cool but yeah unless you give it a go you'll never know i suppose i think what's actually interesting about when you uh, build space into your routines and it's literally a case of building space which might sound a bit confusing mm. actually is that um at least to me when i'm thinking about it now it's the the space is there for you to actually play with the audience like i i find yeah. like you know if if your story is is sort of that intriguing it's almost like you can feel the audience come closer it's like they're leaning out of their chairs and like when you when you give yourself this time to not be afraid and like i i've always said this i i this is why i perform because i i like i like the audience interaction so like you know there's ways you can capture people in but again you these are things you just cannot make in the studio it's not you know and like i said the pair of us like to be alone when we're we're making these like tough or just not necessarily tough subjects but even just like even like comedy routines like i'm I'm literally in the middle of building my uh, comedy routine for pole theater uk which is in six weeks time um but like i'm (laughs) I am building my routine potentially without actually having music in it, which is the first time I've ever done that. And I'm going to have to leave a little bit of time because I, I actually need the audience to be a part of my act because otherwise I I don't, I have nothing to feed off. And that to me is risky. I love it. Terrifying. Yes. I like a risky. Yeah. Risky. Ooh. Take the risks. Um, I love a risky routine. I love it when it's edgy. <laughs> I love it when it's like, oh, okay, now this could go wrong at any minute. That's that's what I love. Yeah. I, that's... <laughs> Yeah, you've scared me now. Brilliant. No, that's like that's where the magic happens, man. Getting into that sort of yeah, for me, I feel that I've my routines have always been I just think my pants type thing because it's been a bit like, oh, we don't know how this is gonna go. <laughs> that's yeah, I feel that's where the magic happens. And definitely like audience interaction, you can't, you know, you can try and practice expressing emotions and you can look in the mirror and listen to the music and you can change your face and you can try and embody and channel those emotions or that theme or that character or that story whatever it is but until you're there on stage in the moment Mm -hmm. you're not going to know what it's going to be like you know you might be petrified and shaking and you can't control the nerves or you you, so if you have it so stringently kind of planned Mm. for tea 
I don't know. For me personally, it's kind of setting myself up for failure from the start because I know it's not going to go like that on the night. Yes. So if I make myself so strict that it has to be this way, mm-hmm. then I literally am yeah, setting myself up to fail. Um, There's absolutely a lot so to be yeah. said about um, adrenaline that you get from the day as well. Like it's adrenaline for me, it makes me go faster like quite a bit faster yeah. where I actually have to listen to the music because I'm actually going faster than the cues I've given myself in the music. I mean, that's that's my like take on that. How, how have you found yourself and the way that adrenaline works for you when you're performing? Um, yeah, I, I get completely lost and I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know what's going on, if I'm honest. Like, I do hear the music, but mm. it, I'm very in the moment i'm not really thinking about what's coming next i right. suppose like with, comp- with regards to competitions it's a case of rehearsing it that much that your body knows it off by heart right um and that's where i suppose i've always been with my training in that i can do this routine with my eyes closed i can do this mm. routine without the music still perfectly in time because my body mm. has been through the physical motions of training it that then gives me the freedom when I got on stage to fully let go and surrender because I know my body can just do its thing and I can just mm-hmm. be wherever I'm at. I mean, don't get me wrong, there might be the odd point where I'm like, you know, I've put starfish in a few comps. Oh, God. There's definitely a moment as you're going into that where you're like, uh-oh, here we go. Oh, you know, my God, you are, you are madness. Like, starfish and Superman are the two things that I'm just like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, come on. The, the thing is, I just hate them. Like, I mean, the only, like, I lie. The only Superman's time that I've ever mood. used, not a full Superman, but, like, something like that is actually to do, I don't know, uh, God, I, what, is it, what is even the word now? Basically, just to, to do a, a, a grip switch from literally my left to my right shoulder. And of course, I need to have my legs either side of the pole. But it's not really a superman. It's just, I just don't like it. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with It you. never stopped hurting, ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does, but it takes a long time, doesn't it? I suppose it does take a long Or you just get more used to it. I suppose it doesn't stop hurting. You just desensitize to it. I think at this moment, though, probably because... In your thighs. Yes. I think, I think at this this point though i think because i've always had a, a hatred for it anyway i've just it's not in my movement language it's not a natural place i know a lot of people will go through superman very easily just because it's they they learned it early on they hated it anyway and they just went for it and i think for me because i've avoided it forever i just sort of don't do that really so let's talk about this year then so as i mentioned previously um this is the first year that i actually uh, am judging this and i you helped me quite a bit in the first parts of this because um for anyone that's never judged a comp before, uh, of course you start with the with the video rounds first. And um, Lorna very very nicely puts everything in a very lovely Google sheet, and everyone sends their videos, and you look at every single person, and then you have is it twelve things? About twelve things, ten things to mark? Yeah, yeah. You it depends. I mean, it varies, doesn't it, from competition to competition. Mm-hmm. Um, for for pole art, yeah, it's around about twelve things, varying from like artistic. I don't know artistic flair originality of choreography floor work Mm -hmm. strength tricks dynamic tricks flexi tricks you know things like that um so yeah it's it's a big process judging yeah it is a big process and i it's you know what it's really put a new dimension onto how i'm gonna build all of my future stuff because i don't know maybe me just being a bit ignorant and maybe a bit naive in the past i've kind of never really watched judging sheets i've just kind of gone for it and i know that you have to have a good amount of tricks like like people like yourself and also lisa and Barry anderson before as well um always said okay it's good if you have this it's good if you have this and just sort of to kind of tick the boxes and for the 
first time ever, I totally understand it because, I mean, it, it, what did surprise me more than anything, actually, is um, how you can still get the emotional drive coming through even on a video. Um, and one top tip that I've discovered so far is, firstly always send a good video like as in it doesn't necessarily have to be a um, landscape video but definitely one where it's not um, fuzzy in any way at all because there's a lot of information you can get from the way that someone is performing stuff and the way it feels and regardless of how many incredible tricks they're putting through which really surprised me for videos actually (laughs) Yeah, it's very. It's a very difficult kind of medium, I suppose, to convey your routine through. So you mm. have to almost kind of over. Um, you have to take that into consideration, I suppose. Mm. And yeah, ensuring the quality is good. That you know, if if you get marks, if you get ten points for costume, make sure you're wearing a costume. Um, <laughs> there's yeah, there's definitely. But again, it's dependent on why you're competing. If you're competing because you want to get through, you want a place, yada, 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 then yeah, follow that judging criteria and use that to sort of enable you to help build your routine. Mm. If you're just competing because you just want to dance or whatever it is, you just want to have a go, then yeah, there's nothing wrong with not looking and not worrying about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, make sure you know the rules so you don't get disqualified or anything like that. but, (laughs) um, But yeah, I think... It dep- I suppose it comes down to your why. Why are you competing? Yeah. If you, if there is a reason that you are competing that would benefit from you looking at the judging criteria, then yes, mm-hmm. so you need to look at the judging criteria. Yeah, absolutely. And you gave me a really, really good like because I, I think I got through. I, I started with some of the amateurs, didn't I? Because obviously you, you put them in order of like um, from the amateur to the elite, at least in, yeah. in a lot. And um, I, you know, as I started with the amateurs, I sent you a handful of messages to be like am I marking these people nicely and am I giving enough feedback? And bless you, you were so good to be like, no, no, you're doing fine. Because <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, just everyone's out there to, to, to get at least through to the finals, right? So I didn't want to be naughty. But you said that um, actually our feedback from all the judges this year, you actually got a few moments to say like the feedback was really nice this year. Yeah, honestly, I was inundated. I had definitely over 10 emails of people just saying how, grateful they were I mean I, yeah just how grateful they were they said that the feedback was really detailed um I did mess up on one out of 50 odd competitors I did I did mess up on one person's feedback and just sent everything completely in the wrong order and stuff so oh, no. um that was entirely my bad but yeah overall um everyone was absolutely just blown away with how how constructive it was rather than destructive and I think that's something to really consider as a judge and as mm. a competitor that um you know there's comments at the end of the day you're putting yourself up for judgment so that's something that you again you need to be real and honest with yourself you are putting yourself forward to be judged (laughs) someone is going to look at this and tell you what in their opinion you could have done better or Mm -hmm. do to improve it or what they enjoyed or what they you know you're putting yourself forward for someone else to express their opinion pretty much freely on on your work so you have to be aware of that and open to that if you don't want to hear it then don't do it you know don't (laughs) don't put yourself forward to be judged um (laughs) or don't put that particular piece for you know I don't know but it it's yeah, it's difficult, but yeah, the feedback was amazing. I think all the judges did an absolutely incredible job and such a difficult one to judge. Like, oh my days. Oh, it was really I hard. Didn't really, 
I mean, I checked all the videos as they were coming in to make sure that they were like the links are working. I kind of go through and make sure everything works. So I didn't get to see everybody's routines in full at all. Mm. But from what I saw, it was just like, oh, my days. Oh, <laughs> but, really? Uh, yeah. Just the ideas and the creations and mm -hmm. even the costumes. I think one girl had like a peacock costume. I remember seeing something like that. Just, oh, just incredible. Just, yeah, the creativity yeah. is just out of this world. Yeah. And uh, you know, what? at times I felt a little bit naughty because, I mean, obviously there are, there are marks of originality and things like this as well but like I remember looking at a few people's like bits and bobs I mean of course I'm sure everyone's putting their stuff on uh, Instagram and YouTube and stuff anyway like afterwards but I, I realised I was looking at people like oh, I need to remember that that's a really good skill actually. and I was like wait am I allowed of course I'm, I think I'm allowed but I was just like oh I don't, I don't know where this puts me in, in like the creation thing because I you know and in every single category as well like I can say to everyone now on a, a completely like truthfully every single category had incredible originality uh, music choices were good um, you know age differences and I find myself like I, I don't find myself a particularly judge, judgmental person in case, in terms of what I expect from but you know you, they always say you have what three seconds to, to make your own personal judgment of everybody and I hope that I, I, I'm quite fair with all my things but I did find myself sort of um you know, with the first eight beats of a track, something being like, oh, okay, well, this is probably going to be like this. But then, you know, another um, maybe eight or 16 beats later, I'm like, nope, I was so wrong. Like, you know, and I watched every single thing very, very carefully. And there were a handful of people as well where I, for myself, because I was so careful about this first ever judging I've ever done, I, um, I did my own sort of numbers at the end to, to sort of... Um, I do an overall tally just sort of for my own own mind of who I'd sort of magically put first, second or third. And what I found actually, which is sort of surprising to me, is that the people that I'd sort of given like the first place in these categories or whatnot weren't necessarily the ones that when I when I sort of thought back were the people that I would necessarily have thought would have won that category. But then when I sort of had a glance back and I didn't hand on my heart did not change anyone else's anyone's things once I'd watched them once. I watched everything once and marked it once. And I was really happy actually that when I sort of, you know, realised who would who would come first and the third every single mark that I'd given was based on exactly what I'd seen and not on a preference or anything that I'd liked. Yeah. And I was kind of really happy that that was the outcome. So I was like, okay, like I think that I'm being fair here and I think that my uh, my feedback is relevant and useful. And I'm just scared that I'm not going to have that amount of time when we're actually on you the won't. day. Because... <laughs> I, I totally get it now. Like, and and now I've, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've had a few, few times being the compare, and you know, the job as the compare is to basically waste time a little bit so that judges yeah. can write stuff down. And now I'm like, I think it, it's Bexita and there's somebody else who's the comp for the, the, the Annie compare. Norris. Yeah. Annie Norris. There we go. Yes, you yeah. announced it today. Um, you know, and I'm like, please, please, for the love of God, give me time, ladies, because I am dyslexic as hell. And I, I just want to give good feedback to people. But I know that I'm going to have to write basically three word sentences because I'm not going to be able to get all, all the information out there. And I'm, and I'm worried that I won't be able to do that. And I, I want to because I want to make sure everyone feels good about what they've done. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very difficult. I mean, I find like when I when I judge, I don't know how anybody reads my forms afterwards because <laughs> I I basically just write without looking. So I'll just be watching them, but I'll let my hands 
right what I'm right. kind of thinking, I suppose. Yeah. So in that way, I, I pretty much do it as I'm going. But yeah, there'll definitely be time. Don't worry. You will be able to give give feedback. There'll be a few minutes because you have to remember, you know, people might have props that, that we have to take down, set up, change things, yada, yada, yada. So mm. yeah, you'll definitely have space to be able to, okay, to give feedback. <laughs> You're okay, darling. Don't worry. I know. In my mind, I'm like, <laughs> can I actually voice note everything? Because then I can just you send can people also, voice messages. Yeah. Yeah, really? you can also no, no, oh, no, you can't voice that. I'm afraid. But, <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, I think Stacey was saying for one of her comps, she was going to look at bringing in some more technology to try and bring it up, but I, I don't know too much about it. But mm-hmm. it'd be amazing if we could catch on, but um, and start. I don't know. I did think I did have an idea, and I still have this. Someone mm. might steal it, but I'm going to throw it out there into the pole world because I don't, have, I don't have time for this. Exclusive. But can we do like a strictly compole dancing, right? <gasps> Where we match. I don't know how this would work, but we match like whole idols icons whatever with say like more amateur students and they have to create like either a routine i don't know whether it would be a doubles or it would be like an individual for them or whatever and then like there and then you've got the judges giving the feedback verbally and giving the score out of 10 that would be sick that would be so sick idea rights of like i don't know just send me a bottle of holy holy basil tea (laughs) (laughs) Some herbal tea. But yeah, please, someone bring it. How amazing would that be? Strictly compiled arts. I think it has probably been done in a similar thing. But yeah, I'd like to actually really, maybe people haven't done it because of copyright issues. Maybe ITV Possibly. have got, I don't know. Yeah, but it'd be cool, wouldn't it? Like oh. to actually go and do training with that person for like six weeks and come up with like a routine. Oh my Just God. Just think it'd be really cool. I and then there in the moment, be like, you know, what What did you think to the routine then, Sophie? And you'd be able to talk it back there and then to that person. Oh my God. Um, you know what? The, the only thing that would all come down to in the end would literally be funding because of course you would yeah. need like let's say it, it, it was me and I had my student that would you know like there's, there's yeah a you got pay yeah of course yeah I'd be so up for that I'd be that would be cool. one of the most incredible life changing things I think for for, for everyone somebody, involved <gasps> somebody make it happen right somebody out there public shower in we just we just need six weeks we just need six weeks worth of funding to do this guys so anyone out yeah. there that's got I don't know a million or so you know you'll get the best pole dancers in the in the country oh my god dude I want to make that happen ah right wouldn't okay. it be amazing I would I would be all over that right let me talk about quickly some of the judging panel because um just so that I don't just say all the names wrong our judges this year we have me um yep. we have Lizette Kroll yes yes then Nathan Gearing yeah who's a bit of a dark horse and what was the last one uh, no, so there's two more. So Jester Bank and Stacey Snedden. Ah, yes, of course Stacey's on it as well and Jester Bank, yes, which is really exciting. I'm also like, because we, we spoke a little bit about uh, Nathan Gearing, so for a lot of people they might not actually know who, who he is or because he's not a pole dancer. Um, no. Let's talk about Nathan for a hot second because I know him just completely by chance. And actually I'm going to tell you, I'll tell everyone a very funny story now about the days when I actually did use Tinder, which is even more hilarious. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> This is like, I can't even remember when this was now. Like, I, I met Nathan accidentally using Tinder, right? Because I, I've i never been bothered about it. I did it. not know this. Yeah. I did not know this. This, this is like a hilarious exclusive. So in, in my life, right, I've used Tinder twice and both have turned out in the same way, which has been hilarious. That I've, I've met the Tinder date made friends with Tinder date and then made had like some sort of relationship with like their mate which is actually really hilarious like a short term something which is actually hysterical um but <laughs> so um but with Nathan I um I think it was when I was actually I was doing follow spot for the pantomime at 
um, the Pomegranate Theatre in Chesterfield. It was like a weird time where I just finished working in like in Macau and stuff, and I just I wanted something for Christmas. Like I could I'll do any job as long as it's in theatre. So I did technical follow spot, and I was sat up in in the gallery, and I, it was like a big pause in Aladdin where everyone was talking crap for a bit, and I was like, I'm gonna download Tinder for a laugh. So I started swiping all this kind of stuff, and then I saw this person. So obviously most of the people in Chesterfield, it's like, hello, I'm Dave, I'm a plumber. Hello, I'm Stuart, I'm a van driver, and it's just the same, 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 same. And then I, it was like, hello, my name's Nathan, and I'm a choreographer, and I'm like, what? So, so I'm sorry, what? I'm also a breakdancer. <laughs> and then I looked into like his little bio and he said like um, I've done the breaking convention at Sadler's Wells I've done this and he started naming all these dance things that were real and true and I'm like hold the phone there is there is another human in Chesterfield that has a similar kind of background and we've been to the same places so of course I swiped told you it's all undercover yeah it's, it's all, all undercover and anyway what? so we, we we went for we went for a day actually Einstein's and within the first half an hour of, of, of hanging out with Nathan I was like yeah this is not a relationship this is a new collaborator and then from from that forward we actually ended up he has a studio uh, kind of close to Doncaster and we ended up making a, a duet together actually and we ended up doing a, a project in Brighton together and for, actually I've sort of lost touch with him so when I saw his name as the next judge on this I was like oh my goodness me this is such an ins- <laughs> like an insane sort of thing but he's he's an absolutely amazing guy he's a, he is a break dancer and also he uh, pioneered this um, this way of um, working with um, people that are um, uh, visually impaired and also um, and, and hearing impaired as well so uh, the project that I did with him involved a beatboxer and the beatboxer was beatboxing what was happening on stage if you can get your head around that so instead of saying like if you ever heard um, oh, what's it called on TV when people explain they talk what's happening what's it called like um, audio description audio description type. there we go so yeah. we pioneered this idea of audio description whereby a beatboxer literally makes the sounds of what they can see which I thought was right. really cool and I'd never heard it before and yeah and um, anyway long story short me and the beatboxer had a little relationship in Brighton <laughs> oh nice <laughs> his name was Ollie it was very nice anyway that was a little <laughs> a little blast from the past um, but anyway that's, <laughs> that's who Nathan is so why what you know Nathan because of you sort of kind of also met in a similar way not not on Tinder but in terms of like collaborating <laughs> kind of very briefly together and then how did you think to bring him into this because I think it's really great to have basically a non-polar but obviously someone that is a choreographer and a dancer as part of the um, the judging panel yeah and somebody who does know about the pole dancing industry so he's not completely new to pole the reason I know him I can't even remember how we met or got talking I can't remember whether he got in touch with he must have got in touch with me it was it was basically he was the um organizer the choreographer for the opening show for the special olympics which were being Ah. held in sheffield Mm -hmm. and i'm sure he must have got in touch with me i can't even remember but um he basically wanted you know could to offer pole i I can't even remember how we met to be honest i know he Mm. came to the studio it was probably just one of those random things (laughs) and i ended up actually doing a piece with um three other girls it was um Kirsty, Kat and Danielle and we did a performance at, at the opening ceremony of the Special Olympics cool. um, which was incredible so that's how I kind of knew him I suppose and mm. kind of got in touch with him um, and when I've always felt that it sounds really silly but like Liam as an example my partner he has a really good opinion on maybe like my 
own art, my own dance, my own choreography, mm. because he really looks at it from a completely different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I always really appreciate his feedback. And I do actually appreciate people that maybe are not within the pole industry looking at it and as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of had an idea that, okay, it's putting my head above the parapet. I'm opening myself up to a lot of, I suppose, criticism here. Um, and I did say this to Nathan, but I wanted somebody that was not a pole dancer mm. to be able to sit and watch and judge a pole dancing competition. Now, obviously, with it being pole art, mm-hmm. this person needed to, needed to be very heavily involved in the arts, mm-hmm. which Nathan is. Um, and they also need to know what pole dancing is and what pole dancing entails and know a little bit about the industry. Yeah. His his partner is a pole dancer. Um, ah, great. So he he has that or, you know, so he has that history mm-hmm. or has that awareness. Obviously, he has the history of knowing um, about myself. So, yeah, he's not completely new to the pole world. Mm-hmm. And actually, again, like his feedback was just so incredible, so constructive, mm. so detailed. He, you know, he was really on point. And again, with the scoring, you know, his scoring was in line with a lot of the other judges. It, it was, yeah, it actually, and I said all this to him, like I really am putting myself up for yeah. some negative kind of criticism by doing this. But equally, you've got to, somebody has to step forward and say, you know, things can um, I don't know. We can try this. It might work. It might not. But yeah, mm-hmm. so far it's been absolutely amazing. And he's going to perform. So I'm really excited That's about exciting. that. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know what he's performing or if he's performing with a troupe. I, I've got absolutely no idea. I've kind of just left it to him. Um, <laughs> and just he does a lot of fire work. And I've, unfortunately, they can't have fire at the venue. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of left that to him and he'll be doing some workshops as well sort of over the weekend in like introduction to hip hop and breaking. And actually also he's doing a, a breaking and pole workshop. So looking at how you can use the pole to or you, use breaking to kind of pole with and vice versa and how mm-hmm. you can create completely new, sh- I think, you know, completely new shapes and new tricks and new movements and new, flow, new flows. Yeah. From a perspective of somebody that isn't a pole dancer, I think that's always so... I suppose the same for you, you know, that you're a very innovative choreographer, but you don't look at the pole as maybe most pole dancers look at it. Mm-hmm. You look at it as a, almost like a prop, I suppose, as part of your choreo and your dance work. For sure, um, yeah, yeah. And that then, that then gives it a very different spin to some, somebody else that's choreographing, maybe to a similar piece of music or something. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think... As much as he he's he's my curveball, like you say, he was the, the dark horse. But um, I love I love a curveball. <laughs> I love a I love risk. Like I say, I'm, I I like a risk, and yeah, nothing grows in comfort zone. So I feel that yeah. No, I, I think it's a really good option. Like, I mean, um, I always thought, like, if, if I was ever to, to run a comp or if I ever considered it, I, I honestly thought that I would probably involve the Romanian director that I work with a lot, who mm. obviously, you know, he he's a theatre director. He doesn't know anything about pole dancing apart from that I do it and he's seen my acts. But, like, he's exactly s- s- the same thing where he's a bit of a tough cookie when it comes to storytelling because obviously he you know he works at the National Theatre in Bucharest like he's making Romeo and Juliet he's making really hardcore contemporary theatre you know so like in terms of the intricacy of storytelling he is a master and I always thought that would be such an incredible thing because I don't I don't need him to know if uh, no. a leg is straight it's like what we were talking about earlier like you know we, we should probably pull away from the actual technical 
technicalities of dance but you know any person can see if someone is dancing well or not whether they know the technicalities of it but what is great about um, pole art and pole theatre and other comps that are more about the the storytelling and the theme is that someone that has eyes that's really focused on that will have incredible feedback and will be able to sort of see things in a totally different way because you know I, I think that in the pole world we we know what pole looks like and what and how we tell stories within our world and i think having someone from a different world it gives you a completely different look so i i, th- I think it's a it's an yeah, absolutely great idea yeah. like i i would love for more comps to have you know the dark horse person in it <laughs> yeah i think i think it was it was fortunate for me that i happen to know somebody that Mm. is that i've worked with previously that is very like i say heavily involved in the arts has you know what an honor to have somebody like you say that romanian director what an honor it would be to have them look at your work Mm. and give them your feedback like it's the same with nathan it's such a different viewpoint that they're coming from yeah but equally what was what was very interesting was again like the feedback and the scoring was actually similar but it might have um, he maybe picked up on other things that maybe other judges didn't, and I think important to remember there's also four pole dancers judging right, as well. Exactly, so yeah. it, it's not like it's um, a small judging panel. There is room for there to be somebody that is yeah fresh and yeah um, yeah I, yeah. I'm excited for him to be there. I'm really excited and glad that he said yes as well. Yeah. Um, because he could have said no. I'll have um, to do a podcast with him uh, like after the event and sort of get his feedback from it because it, it will be an interesting discussion. Well, yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure like you, he's probably learned an awful lot in the judging process mm-hmm. online. Yeah. So that, that has given him a great insight into pole dance, performances, routines. You know, he's watched over... I think over 50 routines yeah. he was watching so it you know it's it's a it's a lot um he's got a good grip i hope by now as to <laughs> what to expect on the day um yeah. well, i mean maybe I mean, he doesn't he's going to be shocked uh, sorry nathan if you're listening, <laughs> just enjoy it go with the flow and just enjoy it you're, well you're i would imagine he comes from a breakdancing background i mean there are like huge break competitions like i'm sure he's done other kinds yeah, of judging yeah, in his life as well like he's not going to be a fresh out of the boat like um judge either so and otherwise he is a great person like for anyone that is considering coming to the workshops that are happening around Paul Lot like mm. you know if you do want to try something that is just going to change your mind like Nathan is a, is a lovely teacher he's really charismatic he's he's warm he's vibrant in fact all, all the judges and everyone that is um, yeah. is going to be teaching like uh, basically everyone is going to be teaching a workshop right I think is Stacey not doing one book yeah, a bit too much to do anyway I think she's fine <laughs> yeah so Stacey's not yeah um, Stacey's not but yeah there'll be workshops with you Lizette um, Jess and Nathan and also Annie Norris as well Annie's, Annie's going to do a workshop as well um, so yeah so exciting. and that's just because you know my studio is literally a stone's throw away it's yeah. exciting for me to have these people putting the workshops on isn't necessarily anything for uh, local local people really but because mm. I mean we've not had like Lizette in this area we've maybe not had Jester Bank in this area Annie Norris in this area mm. um, definitely not had Nathan kind of open to the pole world I suppose mm. um so I hope, yeah, it's also for local studios as well. And, you know, not necessarily sort of immediate, but even within an hour, 90 minute range to be able to, again, yeah. access classes with these incredible artists. Descend, um, and actually descend learn from on Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come and, come and check out my studio. <laughs> right then, as much I'd love to talk to you all night long. Uh, let's just wrap it up then. So just so that everyone has all the info about tickets and everything else, where can everyone find all the things related to Polar? 
so yeah if you just go onto instagram i suppose that's the best thing so at pole art uk um the link on there to buy tickets is there it's on the 16th of july it's going to be incredible yeah and again like it's open to people that are not pole dancers to come and watch you know that's the other mm-hmm. thing it you don't have to that was the other thing that i kind of wanted to push within chesterfield is that it doesn't need to be pole dancers that all come and attend you know people mm-hmm. can have an amazing time at competitions that have never been to one before right um so yeah, so hopefully we get some local people as well that, that decide to come down. Yeah, and of of course, as as you have all of the performances from the people that are, are finalists as well, you are going to have some guest performances from from me and yeah. also Lizette and and Nathan yeah, and Annie and Jess. As well. and Jess so. uh, well, no, Annie, Annie will be comparing, so it'll be yeah, oh, she Jess's. is. Oh, sorry, I'm being yeah. such a donut. And of course, <laughs> Annie and Bexita will be yes. comparing, who are again an absolute dream team as well. So it's otherwise just going to be a great day. And like I said, Chesterfield is a hilarious night out. So if you're thinking about it, if you can stay over, I would strongly advise it because it is. It's a funny old place, and it's it's a lot of love, yeah, a lot of prettiness, and you can go for a nice walk in the countryside afterwards if that's more <laughs> your bag, which is all good. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. And otherwise, if everyone wants to uh, get into to Paul at Dakini, like actually, one final question: What was the idea of the name change from Paul Athletes to Dakini? Um. Well, I don't feel like uh, pole athletes was representing who we were. I didn't feel like that for a long time, for probably about almost five years. Oh, we've really? not been pole athletes. Yeah, because, because come on, we do aerial yoga, we do hoop, we do silks, we do stretch. You know, yeah. and I had girls that were had never touched a pole wearing a hoodie that said, I'm a pole athlete. And it was like, you're not, you do hoop. Oh my God, this doesn't <laughs> include you. So for a very long time, I've, I've wanted to change it. I didn't feel it was inclusive at all. Ah, um, true, okay. But uh, unfortunately, children kind of happened, COVID happened. Yeah. And yeah, this year was kind of, Having Vincey, it was like right. I'm now in a position where I could I could change it. So yeah, I took the leap and did it. Well, if you ever need a place in the Midlands, specifically Chesterfield, it is a very warm and loving environment. So I would strongly suggest taking some time to check out Dakini for all the things, pole or otherwise, because it's just oh, it's just a magical place. And I've not been for ages Thanks, actually because I've been I've been away. So you know, it is my, it is my pole home. It's where I learn yeah. and develop most of my my stuff. So I need to yeah. get myself back there. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much for an absolute amazing time, and I will be seeing you on the 16th of July. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my darling. Have a magical You're rest welcome. of your night. <laughs> Bye. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showering Podcast, you have to experience Sadasi. www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering, plus so much more. It's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work, It's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.